Today's podcast is in response to the horrific fire that started last week in Hawaii and decimated parts of Maui, including the historic town of Lahaina. It took the lives of nearly 100 people so far, and we know that the count is far from over. It has also destroyed over 2,200 homes and other structures, along with the history of the native Hawaiians who have called Lahaina home for so many generations. My guest today is Teresa Gray, the founder and director of Mobile Medics International. Now, this is the first medical NGO from outside Maui that was <clears throat> allowed into Lahaina. And her volunteer team arrived from cities around the United States just 48 hours after the fires broke out. I wanted to have Teresa on the program for a second time to talk about this fire and to provide information that you just might not get from other news sources and to share ways that we can all safely donate and support the people of Maui who need to know that we are all with them. Hi, Teresa. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Uh, I am good. Welcome back on the podcast and thank you so much for coming on such short notice um, for a special, sort of a special uh, conversation in regards to a very unfortunate incident that's going on. So um, so let's just, uh, I'm just going to jump right into it with you. Um, you. You've been on before, you're the founder uh, and executive director of Mobile Medics International. Um, which uh, is an NGO you founded, and uh, about what was it, 2015? Uh, 2017. 2017, mm -hmm. okay. Do you want to just give us like a quick snippet of, of why you founded, what your purpose is, and what the organization is geared for? Sure. Uh, we send uh, med volunteer medically trained personnel to disaster areas, humanitarian aid crisis, refugee crisis, and the chronically medically underserved around the world. Got that down onto your uh, <laughs> very concise, and thanks for yeah. that. Um, you've said it a few times. Um, and where have you, you, I know you've been, just for example, to Haiti, you've been to Philippines, you've been to Turkey and Syria for Syria for a couple of reasons, the earthquake and the refugee crisis, which kind of kicked off the whole thing in the beginning, uh, right. inspired you, I should say. Um, Sir, uh, also, I think Ukraine or near mm -hmm. Ukraine. We, yeah. We've been to Ukraine a couple of times and Romania mm. a couple of times for the Ukrainian um, refugee crisis. Yeah. And then um, we did the Florida earthquake, or I mean, the Florida hurricane. Um, oh. Uh, obviously, the Turkey earthquake, which you yeah. uh, mentioned, and yeah. currently we're in Maui for the fire. Okay. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's jump onto the topic at hand, which is the horrific inferno that just completely consumed the town of Lahaina on the Hawaiian island of Maui. Um, this happened, what, four days? This might be the fifth day after I think it started last Wednesday, run August 14th. Um, so what happened? Can you talk about, uh, we'll get into what your team is doing. You're not there, unusually yeah. so, right? Is this the first yes. time you haven't been there on a uh, mission? It's the second time I haven't been on a mission. I didn't go. We just got back at, uh, from Romania about 30 days ago. I wasn't on uh, that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so second so, time. Yeah. Um, but are you in 24-hour, I mean, are you in constant contact with your team as they're there and guiding them since you're sort of the, the leader of the crew? 
I am. That's why we had to postpone uh, our our interview because I was uh, dealing yeah. with team stuff in Maui all, all morning this morning. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe let's just jump into what's happening on the ground then. So your team got there when did they did they head out right away or when did they leave? They did. Uh, they were there uh, within forty eight hours, so they were there Friday. It's very fast moving because you're in Alaska. Yes. Are they in Alaska? Is this team Alaska based? They are not. Uh, this okay. team is, I have a doctor from North Carolina. I have a paramedic from Michigan. I have a nurse hmm. from Missouri and I have an EMT from Los Angeles. Um, how do you go from hearing about this thing to having a team on the ground in 48 hours from four different cities across the country? Well, the first thing we do when I hear of any disaster, and particularly this one in Maui, is I call the local government officials because um, nobody should show up unannounced. And oh. um, the local officials should know people are coming, what we have the capability to do, and can you use our help? Um, just because okay. we can doesn't mean we should. So I called the uh, Maui Emergency Management Agency. I talked to those personnel explained who we are, what we've done, um, and what we have the capability of doing. And they said, yes, please come. Uh, we partner with Airlink, who is an organization mm -hmm. that sends, um, that gives us our tickets for free, um, our flight right. tickets. And wow. so um, I put out a call on our volunteer WhatsApp group that said, I want to leave for Maui um, within the next 24 to 48 hours. Mm -hmm. And I want us to be there for at least seven days. And then we'll assess if we need more teams, et cetera, et cetera. I see. Um, a bunch of people responded, like 18 of them, saying we can drop everything and go now. I picked four, and um, Airlink issued them tickets. I shipped uh, medical supplies and oh. equipment from Alaska to Missouri overnight. And so they would have their jump bags and all that kind of stuff. And they all got on planes and landed in Maui on Friday. I was wondering how you got those... Um... Yeah, those medical uh, supplies there because you keep them all with you, right? So you just figure out quickly what they what they need for this particular situation. Right. And overnight. One, yeah. yeah, overnight. This mission was um, because it's the United States. We don't carry we don't take prescription medications. Oh, so this is all helps. over the counter medications um, and heavy. We took out things like. Um, there's only one OB kit in case there's an emergency birth. Sure. But we replaced a lot of stuff with, um, we went heavy on um, burn cream and bandaging <sighs> and splinting and, and um, you know, respiratory stuff for smoke inhalation. And mm. so I adjust those jump bags according to our response. Wow, yeah. I didn't think about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So then what happens? So they land, where do they land? In, in Maui somewhere, I guess. They're, they landed in yeah. Maui, you know, at the mm -hmm. major airport. Um the Maui airport is, I don't know, there's probably 2,000, 1,500 to 2,000 people sheltering there. Oh. Um, and they also couldn't get people off the island for a long uh, time because of the smoke and, you know, the clearance of being able to fly oh. the plane. So um, they landed in Maui. They were, um, they rented a car that we, we arranged for a car rental. They mm -hmm. rented a car and then they drove to um, Kihai at a team house that we had arranged and oh. just sort of got oriented. Um, a lot of times my teams have never met each other before. What about and this so time? This time they all know each other. Well, that so helps. yeah, they've all, yeah. So this is a really well team. And, and that's how sometimes how I pick teams is um, this is a pretty big catastrophe. It's pretty traumatic. Um, they're still finding people. Um, right. 
And so this needs a well-oiled team that can I work see. really well together and um, fast. Yeah, fast and get on the job. So yeah. I, out of the, the people who volunteered, I specifically put this team together because they were all mm. familiar with each other and their various degrees of medical education. Sure. So everything from an EMT to a doctor. So we've got right. all bases covered. And wow. uh, yeah, so they, they hung out for the night, um, worked on logistics. Um, they stayed with a local lady who was mm -hmm. able to tell them, you know, logistically how the island worked, what roads were closed, open. The next morning, they went to the Maui Emergency Management Agency, reported in, said, we're here. How can we help you? And they sent them into the hot zone. Right now, we're the only medical team um, not from Maui in the hot zone. Really? Yes. That mm -hmm. is very surprising. Is it because you acted so fast? Is that why that's it's, the case? It's because we acted very quickly, and Maui requires that everybody that's going to volunteer fill out an entire application process, have their licenses checked, and do a background check. And we have all of that done already, pre-deployment. Uh. That's something that we have in place for every volunteer, um, no matter where we go. So I was able to put that information together very, very quickly, get it sent over to the emergency um, you know, management agency, and mm then it was really easy at that point to get them approved to go I into see. the hot zone. Although mm -hmm. I would expect that any medical agent, you know, if you know to do that, I would think that they would all know to do that. But, you know, you'd be uh, surprised. So after they got settled Friday night, when they all landed, got together as a team, figured out sort of a plan. Mm -hmm. um, they went to the Maui emergency management the next morning and, um, you know, reported in and were sent into Lahaina into the hot zone where they met up with the Department of Health, who's establishing a clinic there, um, helped them set up their clinic, and then started doing community patrolling, going house to house looking for people. Um, okay, so all the houses, medical. this is in Lahaina? Lahaina. Right. <clears throat> so there, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't really tell. Everything I've seen of all the pictures looks like there's nothing left except an occasional church. Or there are still houses with people living in them right now. No. <clears throat> when oh. I say they go house to house, I meant rubble pile to rubble pile, honestly. Uh, okay. Um, people are still on their properties, are they? but there's nothing left. A lot of people are just wandering aimlessly, um, not really having any place to go or, you know, sleeping in the streets. They can't even sleep in their cars. Their cars are all right. gone as well. They're completely so, incinerated. Yeah. Yeah. So when I use the term house to house, I, I didn't mean that I literally. See. I meant it figuratively. Okay. They're walking the streets. Okay. Um, you know. And so I'm surprised that there's people still around. I know that there are, you know, still bodies in some of those that burned out rubble that they haven't found. I think they have found 96 people so far as of Correct. today, but expected to go up considerably. Um, because there are entire neighborhoods that haven't been searched yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I heard last night, it was like 3% of the houses had, they'd gone through with dogs to, to search for Correct. remains. So that's Correct. pretty, pretty minimal. Um, it is. All right. So they said, so they, this is actually more dramatic than I knew with what they're doing, because I figured the way that I visualize it from watching the news reports and, and, and reading pretty much everything I could today, I picture everyone is in a center, you know, like everyone has a, some type of shelter to go to. So I would have pictured them in the shelters helping people. So there's people that don't have anywhere to go even this many days later? Yeah, well, they're estimating upwards of a thousand people still, a thousand live people 
still in Lahaina. That are not in shelter. Are there shelters in Lahaina? There is not. Oh, so they're taking them out of the, or they're going out of the town to get shelter. No, most of them, if they wanted, that's the whole thing. If they want, some of them won't. And one of the issues, uh, some of the things that people don't necessarily uh, think about or maybe truly understand is why wouldn't they? Why? I mean, it's an, there's no place for them to stay. There's, it's not safe there. Right. Um, And, but people that don't go to shelters, they don't go for a number of reasons. Shelters don't take pets. Mm. So you have to leave your pets behind. Um, Hmm. Some people don't have the ability to get to a shelter. Um, Some people just simply do not want to leave where they've lived their whole life. Um, Denial is also a big one. You know, we'll be fine. Um, And remember, my understanding is that this fire started at 1130 at night and that there were no um, warnings prior. Like it just is so most people were in bed. Mm, and I did so, not know it was that late at night. Yeah. 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 A lot of people, a lot of them fled to the ocean and literally swam out in the ocean. I know that there were boats picking people up out of the ocean. And so there's mm-hmm. a number of reasons that people don't or can't evacuate. We always, always find um, survivors after a disaster in the epicenter. Can I just, the way that also I would visualize it is, you know, in my you know, Pollyanna world is that you've got buses going to pick up anyone and taking them to shelters. Is that not, is there no transportation available for people who do want to go? I don't know. Yeah. I know that, I know that Lahana is completely blocked off. You cannot yeah. enter that town um, without the appropriate um, pass mm-hmm. from the government. Okay. I don't know what their, I haven't asked my team what mm-hmm. the evacuation looks like. Um, or if evacuation is still going on, I don't actually know the answer to that. Okay. So, so they must've done some type, your team must've done some type of a makeshift dwelling for themselves or where are they staying? No, they actually, well, they were staying outside of the hot zone Friday night. And then once they got into Lahaina, um, on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, uh, there was uh, actually a hotel. It doesn't have any electricity, um, all the, but oh. it wasn't burnt. So yeah. the, it's a it's a high rise, um, you know, tourist oh. hotel. Okay. And the hotel owner has opened it up to um, all rescue people workers helping. and and the people that are are left that want to, you know, in Lahaina that want to go there can. That's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. That, that's actually yeah. better than a lot of the situations that you normally find yourself in. I know you've been. Sleeping yeah. in your car and sleeping on the ground quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're actually in a in a luxury hotel without electricity, but yeah, you know, but still, it's still compared it's a to roof over their head and it's right. Safe. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, um, what what is your team? My and you may not know this, but my understanding is is that there's uh, just my sister who lived there. There's only one road in and out, which is a very scary. You know. Yeah. That's probably why this happened. You know, so many people couldn't get out because I'm not why the fire happened, but why so many people weren't able to escape because the road was so blocked and there's only one road in and out. So apparently the road is working. Your team got in there. What what did they, they told you? Like, what did they, what did they find? Well, they've been sending me quite a few pictures and it's exactly what you see on the news. It is complete and utter destruction. It looks like someone dropped a bomb. Yeah, it um, does. This fire, this fire was hot, and it it was all consuming. There's there's nothing left. Yeah. Um. You know, the hotel that my team is staying is happens to be like right on the beach. Um. The backside of it's all 
all like charred and burned, mm-hmm. but it was also um, a a brick and steel building and not a wooden building. I remember Lahana is an ancient town, right? And so it, everything in there was wood, you know. Yeah. So it it just it's awful. And my team is reporting that the they're wearing masks, um, not because of COVID, but because of air quality. Mm-hmm. So the air quality is really bad. Um, not to mention the you know the death that's that's occurred there and. Um, you know, neighborhoods that haven't been searched and people just wandering around with no place really to go or no direction oh, to go. And and so traumatized, yeah. so yeah. much trauma. Does your yeah. team work with, with trauma as much? Um, I know you're a physically medical team, but of course, mm-hmm. mental is part of the medical. Is that something it really that, is. yeah. Yeah. So it's all, it all goes hand in hand. It's psychological first aid, we call it. So um, it, it's all part of it. Honestly, every disaster we've ever responded to, I would guess that 60%, if not more, of what we do is um, psychological first aid. Just listening to your story, um, holding your hand, holding you while you cry, um, helping you, you know, you know, find water, you know, because that's what you need in the moment or diapers for your baby. Or Hmm. a lot of times these people just need someone to say, I'm here for you because I care about what happened to you and I'm going to try to help you as much as I can. And then it's so, it can also sometimes be as simple as um, people haven't slept for days. Mm. right? So the trauma and losing everything and trying to find a place. And even when they find a safe place to sleep, like say, for instance, this hotel that is, is offering to house people. Mm-hmm. So they get into a room just the trauma of it all. Just think about being there with your kids and you've lost everything. So, you know, sometimes it's as simple as, you know, just, um, you know, helping them, giving them something to sleep for a night, just to get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I you can know? see that. Well, and so many of them, I don't know who else is on, on, on board. And I don't know if you do right now either, but as far as like maybe social workers, psychologists, because so many of these people, not only have they lost their lifetime of homes, you know, some, I saw a guy today, he's a ninth generation, um, Lahainen, I guess you might call them. And, uh, you know, he's just everything he's ever known. And, and so many people, everything they've ever known has been, a, I, I think we tend to think about it. People think, Oh, Hawaii, you know, it's Oprah and Jeff Bezos and it's multi it's billionaires own land there. So, you know, let's not worry too much about it. They'll, they'll rebuild, but the people in Lahaina are, are, a good chunk of them, I think over 30% are uh, indigenous to the, to the area and their families right. have been there for a very long time. And generations. Generations, many, many generations. Some of them, I mean, if you see anybody's, everyone's probably seen on the news by now that that's the stories they're telling is that their parents or grandparents built the homes before them. Um, so a lot of these people are missing family members. Um, so are there, and that, that, you know, they just don't know. Um, right. Is that something that social workers tend to show up or psychologists, or are you filling that role, your team mostly filling that role since you're the first medical team on, on site? Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to answer as generally, but as far as Maui is concerned, mm-hmm. um, there's not a huge presence right now for that. Um, first of all, it, it's still a really unsafe zone. And so they're not letting people in like that. They're, they're needing, they're letting in, um, immediate need personnel only, and they don't consider mental health immediate need. Um, Mm -hmm. so we provide that role while we're there 
to the best of our ability. Yeah. Um, you know, none of us are like, well, that's not true. We do have one psychiatrist on staff, but the team that's there, um, you know, they're, they're not, medical. They're not, yeah, yeah, they're medical. There's a certain amount of psychological first aid and mental health that goes with being medical. Right, um, of course. But officially, there's not yeah. usually a large group that shows yeah. up. This is just, um, you know, yeah. trauma that, that they have to deal with until they can get yeah. some help, unfortunately. Yeah. I, again, it's sort of that Pollyanna view of things because I haven't been in a natural disaster. You've been in so many and man-made yeah. and natural or human-made, I should say, um, and natural. And, you know, you just think, oh, there's this everyone needs so much help right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm just mm -hmm. to hear you say that this many days in, they're still doing that. This is the only medical team. That's not that many people for all those right. people they're treating. So what, what have they told well, you? As let far me, let me preface yeah. this ever that it's, um, we're the only outside medical team. Maui oh. has, has okay. their medical teams in that we're working with them, but Good. we're the only outside team yeah. that has been allowed in. So you there did are say that. Yes. yes I yeah. apologize. You did say that. I'm glad you reiter reiterated that. Um, okay. So what are they finding? What are they telling you that is, is the greatest need and, and like what kind of situations are they facing? Um, they're finding a lot of burns, um, smoke inhalation, a lot of burns on hands and faces and, um, mm. a lot of smoke inhalation, a lot of coughs, um, you know, just, um, some exposure stuff, you know, th because they're outside now. And even though it's Hawaii, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that the weather is always fantastic. Right, and when right. you're sleeping outside, yeah. you can get kind of cold yeah. and then basic needs. They don't, um, my team does medical, but we also try to, to see what other basic needs you have mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then figure out who else is in the area that can help provide those needs. So um, we know where to send them for food. There's food in the hot zone. We know where to send them for medical now. They, uh, Maui has opened a clinic. The Department of Health has opened a clinic in the hot zone that we're helping staff and, and oh. stock. Um, we, we know how to get the water in, you know, those types of things. So water, food you know, shelter. We found the hotel that is willing to let people stay. So water, food, shelter, and then medical. And um, when you're dealing with a disaster and the immediate aftermath, those are the things that need to be addressed. And then you start looking at people have lost their insulin. You know, your diabetics have lost all their medication, your high blood pressure medication, cardiac medication, it's all gone. And so now we need to source those medications uh, because we don't carry those as a general rule. Sure. So now we need to source those medications for those people that need them. And where can we find them outside the hot zone and how can we get them back in? And then how do we keep your insulin cold? Because there's no electricity. So those are all sort of the minutia. And your baby needs diapers and formula because those are all gone as well. So, so you, know, I, the, those types you of see the you see the supply. I don't, I don't depots, I guess we'll call them for lack of a better word. Are those not, I mean, I, it looks like all these things are coming in the diapers and formula and food and everything. Where mm -hmm. are they? Are they, are they in Lahaina? I mean, can your team go get diapers and take them to people? Here's, here's one of the things again, that I'm not sure that um, people understand. Um, I've seen lots and lots of, um, you know, collecting things for the people of Maui, yes. baby clothes and diapers and formula, like you said, and then they find a way to ship them there. Well, first of all, they're, they're probably sitting in a warehouse, quite honestly, because mm -hmm. it takes people to sort through it. And then it takes people to identify where should I take it? 
You can't mm-hmm. just bring a semi trailer full of donated goods and dump it at the gate and let people rifle through it. Right. It takes time and personnel and it's a slow process and there's usually mm. some, you know, red tape involved and it, it gets really, really messy. And that's why I highly encourage people to find an organization that is doing something that you believe in. There's the Humane Society of Maui is trying to take in all of these animals. Can there's, I ask about uh, the animals? Yeah. Yeah. There's us, Mobile Medics International. There, there are large organizations and small organizations actually on the ground there doing work. Donate money to them because what we will do is um, we can't go to that giant warehouse that is full of tens of thousands oh, of pounds can't. of donated good. Well, even if we could, I can't take an entire day to search for, for a bag of diapers. What I'm going to do you... is take the money that has been donated to us, and we're going to go to Walmart on the opposite side of the island, and oh. we're going to buy diapers and formula, Got and it. we're going to buy bottles of water, and we are going to transport it in. That is much more efficient. It feeds back into the local economy oh. because we're spending money in the economy. Yes. It, we can get exactly what's needed. Nobody's got to check to make sure the formula isn't expired or you can't find the special formula for that baby. Right. Um, you know, and I'm using babies as an example. but Well, it's the most urgent. Their lives mm-hmm. are so precarious. So just um, think about it. Think about it like this. If your neighbor's house burnt down yeah. and you organized... They have three kids, two adults, and, you know, two dogs and a cat. And you're going to organize all of your neighbors donating stuff to them, and it's all in your garage. Mm -hmm. So you're not just going to dump everything that's donated on your doorstep, right? Right, right, right. I get it. Yeah, yeah. no, that's helpful. Yeah, so please don't send things to Maui. Find an organ Because what it costs you to ship that stuff to Maui um, could have been quicker and better spent on the island of Maui yeah. by an organization that you trust. Yeah. So unless well, okay. it's specifically asking for things, you know. And I have seen people asking for things, but I, I don't know exactly who's asking, so I, I can't share that. But right. um, and we'll come back to this. And of course, I'm going to have links on the show notes for people to donate, and I'll and I'll be putting it up across the the ticker as we as we're speaking. And I want to ask you specifically. I know. A couple of things. First of all, you have your own GoFundMe yes. um, set up, which um, is under mobile. It's GoFundMe and it's Mobile Medics International, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. And we'll, yeah, we we'll also have the we link. also have PayPal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want want you mention that right now? Yeah. So we have huh. PayPal and uh, GoFundMe and Venmo, and they okay. can all be found on our website, and they're one click donation. Okay, it's on your website, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. mobilemedicsinternational.org. Dot org. Mobilemedicsinternational.org. Okay, so that's good to know. So I'll just get mm-hmm. the links for PayPal, Venmo, and um, GoFundMe and put them on here as well. But just in case Thank someone's you. listening and they can't see it or something. Yeah. Um, because, and then you also mentioned though, and I, and just because you don't know how long people are watching or listening, I just want to get that information right at the beginning or right at this point. Um, uh, you, you mentioned Humane Society, other local organizations. First of all, how do we find, I mean, Humane Society we could find, but how do you find which local organizations and how do you find how to donate to them? Is that... So it, it's a quick Google search. Um, I know, all for right. instance, like CNN um, yeah. has put together a list of um, local organizations, organizations, local organizations that are on the ground. You can Google, um, Perfect. you know, uh, how do I help Maui? 
and there are, you know, a number of different sites that talk about donations. And then, like I said, find the one that speaks to you, you know? Right. But I think it's really key, this, this talk about getting a local one, because they can do it right that day. You know, you give them 20 right. bucks, they can go buy diapers or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't. And when I, <clears throat> I don't know that local is important because we're not local. What's important is on the ground in Maui as we speak. Right. So, that, but yeah, mm -hmm. I Be guess you have to just search through it to figure out who is. Yeah. 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 And it takes okay. a little bit of effort. The other thing yeah. that you can do is you can um, uh, find organizations that are collecting funds that distribute funds, but you have to do mm -hmm. a little bit of homework. Yeah, and you, you have, have to be to careful. Find, yeah, you have to be really careful yeah. because you're going to end up sending money to, a, you know, huge corporations that, you know, may or may not get to the people of Maui. And if it's important for you um, for it to be used for the people of Maui, yeah. then find someone who is there doing yeah. things for the people of Maui. Yeah. There is a spreadsheet that um, I've tried to contact several of the people and I haven't heard back, but I can understand why. Um, there are, I don't remember how many, I don't even know how many now, but a lot of the families in Lahaina um, have either themselves or had a friend or relative set up a GoFundMe page for these families. And they give quite a bit of information and pictures and, mm -hmm. you know, you can really go through there and get a very strong sense of, the history of that family and the connection of that family to Lahaina. And, you know, some of them are trying to raise a hundred thousand, some are trying to raise 20,000 or even 10,000. Um, and people are, are donating there and I'll, I'll have that link on there as well, because I haven't vetted it. I can't speak for it. Um, I I've heard it from, I got that information from a woman named Sage Lanier, who's, um, well-respected. She's a, a student actually at Berkeley, but, uh, she was a, she was on the cover of Time just recently for her work in environmental stewardship and teaching classes oh, at Berkeley. So she's uh, she put together this list, and I've been trying to reach out to her as well. Um, I would, but I, I, would I, say, I would say, yeah. Deborah, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I would say, no, um, uh, be really careful with those because mm -hmm. anybody can start a GoFundMe page and say they're mm -hmm. a victim of the Lahaina fire and take mm -hmm. pictures off the internet because GoFundMe does not vet whether what you're saying is true or not. I'm really appreciating you're saying that because I've reached out, as I said, to a number of them and haven't gotten a response. But again, mm -hmm. they're in the middle of a disaster. So, you know. Right. Um, yeah. I don't yeah, know. So, yeah. So, so be That's, careful. I did about, not know that actually. Yeah. 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 Anybody can start a GoFundMe for anything, saying anything that they want, and it is not vetted by GoFundMe. If it is found to be false, GoFundMe will remove it. But it has to be reported and, and there has to be. So I hmm. see it often in natural disasters, yeah. especially in the United States. False GoFundMe pages and not just GoFundMe, but false, um, you know, Venmo's. claims of I've been infected. I've been affected by this disaster. Yeah. Please donate to me. Yeah. OK. So uh, again, thank you. Yeah, I would I would encourage not doing individual donations to families unless okay. you have a direct connection with them. I, okay. I really, I think it's not. No, I hear you. Practice. That's, that's yeah. exactly why I want you on because, yeah. you know, you try, I thought, well, that's great. You've got a family, you've got the individual, I know the person, but mm. you know, everything's yeah. once or twice or five times removed. So that's yeah. very helpful information. Um, all right. So uh, just to get back to your team, that sounds like a lot of work for, for four people. Are they, are they, are you does it look like you're going to have to send them another team or are, are they going to be handling it? Okay. Themselves for the week um, I, or two. 
it's hard to say tomorrow is going to be our um, assessment on if they need more people now, like if I need to send more to join them now, or if we are going to send a follow-up team, you know, so they overlap and can do a handoff. They're going to, they spent all day yesterday and today, and then they're going to spend in the morning kind of doing a, a general assessment. And then they'll let me know mm-hmm. uh, by tomorrow, whether I need to send more people or not. How do they sound? Do they sound okay? Like you, you, you've been in so many of these situations now. You could probably tell some of them are more overwhelming to your yeah. to your volunteers and others. Is is this one a struggle? Even though maybe their logistics are a little bit better. Yeah. No, this one is a little bit of a struggle because of the amount of death um, and the amount of you know unreported death at this point. So um, they're they're doing very well. They're a very cohesive team. Um, their spirits are good. Um, everybody is handling it really well. The, we also do a really good job of every single night sitting down after the day and talking about what we've seen, how we feel. Um, you know, we don't have any any trade secret. We're all up in each other's business all the time. So, um, and this team is particularly good about saying, yeah, that was really messed up or I'm affected by that and supporting each other. We do have a psychologist or a psychiatrist on staff. And so he is also available for them to call 24 seven. Um, we also, two weeks after every mission, we follow up, I follow up with a personal phone call and then our psychologist follows up with them to make sure that they're okay. But I think the team is hanging in there. They're doing really well. There's a reason that we only send our people in for short periods of time, especially in someone, something like this devastating is because the emotional impact can be pretty profound. Um, Yeah. Yeah. My team that went to Turkey is still struggling. So are um, they? But for, that, yeah, but, for, but for now, they're doing well, um, and mm. they're hanging in there. So, You know, thank you for, like, sharing that human side of that, even that your team is still struggling. Turkey was a thousands of lives lost, I'm, I think. Is that correct? Um, Turkey. The Turkey and Syrian earthquake. Maybe it yeah. wasn't. No, the, the official reports was thousands, but the unofficial reports of tens of thousands of people died. Yeah, that's... um. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very hard. Um, but not, but you know, you see people, and I'm, I'm always uh, tend to glorify people, like, and, and I have glorified you about, you know, just you go into there, you just jump, you you react, you send things. Um, but you're human at the end of the day. You're mm-hmm. heroes, but you're also human heroes, and uh, humans are fallible, just like the people on the ground are fallible. So mm-hmm. it's, I think it's really. To me, it makes me want to so physically, financially support you more, and because there's not much else you can do. Maybe we could send them a note somehow, but um, you know, just to know that they really and they're not getting paid for it anyway. It's not like you're no. just sending them money, but you know, even when you send money to an organization who's in the trenches like that, I think it it's also a vote of confidence. You know, it's saying, yeah, we it trust is. you. Thank you for going in for us. And we can't do it, and you can. So, you know, if I send yeah. you $100, maybe that will help that's, someone. That, that's exactly our philosophy. Whether, you know, we get a $5,000 donation or a $5 bill that um, somebody dug out of the bottom of their purse, they're equally mm-hmm. as important. And most importantly, it's exactly what you said. What you're saying is we trust you. We trust mm-hmm. you to use this money for the right thing. We trust that this is going to help the right people the people that we want it to help. Um, Mm -hmm. We trust that you're going to use it wisely. 
-hmm. and that, you know, you're not going to spend it on extraneous stuff. So that's why we, we sort of have an official start date for a mission. And then when the mission is over and the money that comes in, um, you know, we make sure it gets where it needs to go. And we make sure we buy things that people are expecting their money to be spent on. Yeah. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's important. It's important. Yeah. Trust, trust in an organization is really important. Very important. Cause yeah. literally and you think about from the, from the giver standpoint too, you know, you, you're giving money, you're giving money to a total mm -hmm. stranger. So yeah, yeah, you, you really want that person to be using it obviously for your intention. A lot of times yeah. it's a stretch just to send yeah. that money. So, and I, I uh, would tell you when you're finding an organization that you want to donate to, whether it's $5 or you may not think that a dollar makes a difference or $5 makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. It really does. Hmm. So when you're finding an organization to donate to specifically mm -hmm. for this Maui fire, and you're thinking, oh, I, I love this mission or, you know, I love what these people do in a disaster or I, I love, you know, their mm -hmm. their take on things. Call that organization and a person should answer the phone or call you back, a live person, mm -hmm. and ask the question, are you currently on the ground in Maui? Um, and what oh. exactly are you doing there? And if I send you a donation, how would you anticipate that that would be used? All of that, those questions to be answered, um, you know, really? Yeah. I would never think of that. I know that you answer your phone when you call. I thought that you had to be the only person on the planet. But you think <laughs> these organizations actually, you know, because I would feel like I'm wasting some of their time at a time like this when everyone is stretched so thin. Mm, no. Do people ever I call you? Do they call you and ask that yeah. question? Yeah, people. Well, not many people call and ask me that question, and I wish they would. But I mm. try to, um, you may not be talk to the executive director. You may not yeah. talk no, to, you but you're going to talk to somebody. Yeah, just yeah. need a human. And I would say that we can't do what we do without you. Mm -hmm. So you're not wasting my time. I'm, mm, literally, yeah. I'm literally there because of you. Yeah, that's Because a good of point. the $5 you sent. And mm -hmm. so if you, are, if you are wanting to make sure that your money is spent appropriately, then um, you call and ask me where it's going to be spent. And I want to tell, I want to show you where you can go and watch what we do. I want to send you to our Facebook page and say to you, um, you know, that donation that you gave us, um, go check out our Facebook page and you're going to mm -hmm. see our team, you know, using the medication, your money bought or whatever the case right. may be. Yeah. You, um, you are financing this. Mm -hmm. So when I send those four people into Maui, every dollar that's spent there, everybody that donated to that is in Maui with them. Right. So, that's, yeah, so, that's really yeah. nice. So I'm, I can't physically take you, but mm -hmm. I'm taking your money and I'm converting it mm -hmm. into um, goods that people need. So when I'm given that baby Tylenol, that's Deborah's Tylenol. Mm -hmm. You're given that baby. Yeah. Tylenol. You're, you're taking my values too. And my wishes yes. for a world that is, you know, takes right. care of itself. So that that's yeah. really helpful. Yeah. So find you an organization that you trust um, and develop a relationship with them. Yeah. So maybe you want to donate $5 a month to them so they can, you know, when yes. the next disaster plan. Happens. You can plan. Right. Or, you know, maybe, you, maybe Maui is special for you. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe Lahaina is special for you. And this one right. speaks to your heart. And you right. want to give a hundred dollars, mm -hmm. find an organization that, um, that respects your money and, and for what it is and what it is, is it's, um, please take this hundred dollars and convert it into love and light. 
and um you know help people help me help people yeah that's what it is yeah it's not a it's not a dollar yeah it's, um yeah. yeah yeah it's what it can do um yeah. you often uh build an infrastructure in certain places. I don't know if I want to call it infrastructure, but some type of ongoing medical help for the people when they don't have a, a local center. Is that, I don't know. I know I use the wrong terminology. Maybe you could put that into yeah. words that are more Medical self-sustainability. Okay. Yeah. Um, that That is not likely to happen here, is it? Or is that a possibility? No, it rarely we've never done it in the united states okay um so the united states does very very well the only reason that we're in maui right now is because the medical infrastructure in lahaina was completely destroyed right so their their hospital was burnt down their clinics were burnt down so we're there to help them reestablish that medical infrastructure oh you are up, yeah yeah oh. and, and and to provide um you know care in the streets while that infrastructure sure. gets built up and oh. so in the United States, there's rarely a need for uh, medical self-sustainability. Those are almost all international missions. Those are places that don't have ready access to basic health care. Right. Or okay. places that, that they do their health care like we do our veterinary service. So you have to pay in advance in order mm. to get treatment right. and that most people can't afford. So, yeah. um, so no, we won't do that in Maui. They, they will be up and running um, you know, as soon as they possibly can and be taking care of their own people again, Got but until it. Then, we'll, we'll help them. That's great. I know one thing I, I saw somewhere today is that schools are starting in Maui this week, which is just, um, has to add to the level of complexity and sadness and, and everything. And I'm wondering, um, is that, that's probably not something that your team would be involved in, right? Like raising funds for school supplies or clothing or anything like that. No, You're, you no. really stick pretty much to the medical. Um, we really do. Or the human mm -hmm. immediate human needs. Yeah. Um, basic, basic life needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else you'd want people to know? I, I, I saw also something on your GoFundMe page that I hadn't seen before and I might not have looked recently enough, but it, it said that, Subaru was matched. I don't know if that's this GoFundMe or an ongoing Go GoFundMe. Um, is that no, still, that one, is that no, a, is that not. one over? Okay, yeah, that one's over. But I, I just haven't updated my. Uh, web okay, page. that's okay. But you know why? Mm -hmm. You know why it's still helpful because I'm pretty sure that Subaru is vetting the people quite well, <laughs> as did CNN, because you. you were a CNN hero and they vetted you to the nth degree. So, yes. you know, you personally have had a lot of vetting, but also I'm sure Subaru did as well. So I think those are all, all things that you can look for in other organizations too, to just, you know, ensure that people are, yeah, yeah, people are legit. Yeah. Um, all righty. Well, um, I think that's probably all that I, I, I have for you, unless you have any other information that you want to share at this time or stories that you want to share. Have they, have they shared any personal stories with you or is that stay pretty close to the vest in terms of privacy? For uh, them? It, it usually stays pretty good. Mm -hmm. They'll tell me general injuries that they have seen, mm -hmm. um, but they don't often, you know, talk about because when, when trauma victims tell you their story, um, unless they specifically ask you to share it, um, it's usually, you know, sort of private. So yeah. they don't share those often with me. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I guess you kind of understand the general, the general feeling of what's going on, the general experience that people are having, which is, mm -hmm. 
which is obviously quite traumatic, not only for yeah. the people, but also for your helpers. So, all right. Well, um, Teresa, I uh, wish you well. I wish your team Thank well. You. Um, I'd like to, you know, I'm going to share any posts that you put up on Instagram or, or Facebook um, just to kind of be able to follow along a little bit over the next Perfect. couple a couple of weeks and just see if we yeah. can get people to know what you're doing because it's uh, yeah i happen to know that you're doing amazing work i want everyone to know and, and everyone to support you as much as they can so oh, thank you deborah i appreciate it thank you and uh let's stay in touch and keep it going all right all right Try to raise some money. all right, all right. Teresa, take you. care i appreciate it all thanks right. bless bye. you <laughs> bye-bye